Because our pathway will start. Right. Yeah. I'm just going to very briefly um, go over the last bit of what we did uh, last week, which we said as follows, that grapes and grain, since you have benefit on them and you have to make a brothel, which we learn that from the posuk, so that applies to all other food. But the Gemara asks, grapes and grain, they share a common characteristic, which is sub-Mizbeah, which means they've got a connection with the Mizbeah, namely that wine is on the Mizbeah, because when there's Nisachayayim, you pour the wine on the Mizbeah, and the wheat is from the meal offerings, from the Malachas. So therefore, perhaps it's possible that you have to say a brocha when the foods have got a connection with Mizbeah, but perhaps that doesn't apply to all foods. That's what the Gemara asks. So we went away from that, and we learned it, we wanted to try and learn it out from the Shivas Haminim, which again is very appropriate for tonight. The Shivas Haminim is wheat, barley, grape, figs, pomegranates, olives, and dates. Because two Pesukim, before it says, it mentions these Zion Haminim. And since we know we have to make a broth for the Shivas Haminim, therefore we have to make a broth on everything else. That's what the Gemara wanted to say. And then the Gemara turned around and said, no, you can't prove that because there's something special about the Shiva Saminim which doesn't apply to other fruits, namely that you've got to give Bikurim. The first year crop has got to be taken to the base of Migdash and given to the Kayan. So perhaps because it's got that stringency, that's why we have to make a brothel when it comes to the Shiva Saminim because of the Bikurim that you've got to take. But perhaps other foods, it doesn't apply. And this was all according to the Malbach Gideon Murray. This, this goes according, according to the Malbach who says Kerem Ravoy. Kerem Ravoy means that it applies by, that, that the fourth year fruit, that the case of Orolog, the fourth year applies only to wine. But Neta Ravoy, which says that it applies to all fruits, or all trees, they've also got a question because the word Neta, we said, means planting. And therefore, we can learn out that anything that you plant, right, which is either a tree or from the ground, vegetables, etc., that you've got to make a brocha on. But what about things that you don't have to plant, like meat, eggs, and fish? How do you know you've got to make a brocha on that? So that was another question. So at the end, we came out, the Gemara came out to the conclusion, we cannot bring a proof from any psukim. They are merely an asmachta, an illusion, However, it's a svara, it's logic, it is forbidden for a person to a henem in Ireland that he should have any benefit for live bracha without saying a bracha. Because as Rashi explained, it belongs to Hashem and therefore our way of taking permission to eat of Hashem's food is by making a bracha. And that's where we stopped last week. And now we go to Lamed Hay Omadalov, one, two, three, four, five lines from the bottom, Tom Rabonon. Okay, Lamatei Amadala, five lines from the bottom, Tom Rabonon. Yes, everyone got it? Okay, can you put your hand up? Have you, have, have you got it? Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Right, yeah. thank you, thank you, right. Tom Rabonon. Also, Lila Odom, she a It's forbidden for a person to have any benefit from this world without first saying a bracha, and whoever does get benefit from this world without first saying a bracha, he has committed an act of me'ila. 
Me'ila means, it's the un- the original term of me'ila is the unauthorized use, use of property that belongs to the base of Migdosh. So here, that what we're saying is that without reciting a brocha, you've made unauthorized use of Hashem's property. In other words, he created the food, which you're having, and you've got unauthorized use. You haven't got permission, as it were, to eat it without making a brocha. It's like doing like me'ila. So the Gemara asks now, um, mitochondria. So if somebody actually ate and did not make a brocha, mitochondria, what should he do? The answer is, he should go to a chokhom. After the Gemara, what's the point? He, he's already had the food. It's too late to go to a chokhom. What's the chokhom going to tell you? You've already eaten it and you haven't made a brocha. My obidle, what should he, what should he, my Ovidle, what can the Chachokim do for him now? Ovidle is Surah. He's already committed the Issa of eating without a Brocha. Elama Rabba, Rabba explains, Yelech Esel Chachom Me'ikara. It doesn't mean after he's eaten, he should now go to the Chachom. It means before he eats, he should go to the Chachom via Lamden of Brochas. And that Chachom will teach him all the Dinam of Brochas. So he should know which Brochas to say. And that he won't come to Me'ila by deriving benefit without first reciting the proper bracha. Now, it's very interesting. The Mishnah Bura in Simon Reish Base says as follows. Because the, what, the, there is a neutral bracha. In other words, we've got Varapriya Eitz, which refers to a tree. We've got Varapriya Doma, which refers to the ground. And then we've got a neutral bracha, which is Shahakandi Abedvara. Everything was created by his word. It doesn't refer to tree or ground. So why can't we, so the, the, the mission, what the mission of Rory says, even though it mentions that you can say if you've got a sofa, you can change shahakal, but that's only for the Yevich. That's only if you don't know what the correct broker is. You should go to the Chochum, as it says in this Gemara, who will explain to you what the specific broker is for whichever fruit, whichever food you're eating, and then you won't come to Me'ila. But to say this, this idea of saying shahakal as a coverall, this is only for the evidence if you really don't know. But if you know, but you, you should put yourself in a situation to know exactly which broth you should make. Incidentally, I saw in, I can't remember even where I saw it, an interesting current day shala. What happens if a person has lost his smell or his taste, as can happen now with Corona? Does he make a broth on food? What would you say? Still has no. Oh, very good. That, that's what it says. That's what it says. Even though you can't taste it, so you haven't got Hanor's Goron, that means that the, the pleasure of it going down his throat and, and tasting it, but the body still has Hanor, has benefit from the nourishment of it. And that's what it says. There's, there's another thing, we'll come to, but I'll mention it while we're at it. Later on, we'll have a Gomorrah, I don't know whether we'll reach there today, if you have a food which is muzzic here, it damages you, and it's talked specifically about drinking oil, you don't make a broker on it because it causes damage. So Rabbi Yashu was once asked the following shala. What happens if you've got somebody who is a, what's a person who can't eat sugar? Um, diabetic. Diabetic. A diabetic, yes. Thank you, thank you, Boris. If somebody is a diabetic and he has a piece of cake, does he make a brocha? Because in the Gemara we will learn that if you if, if you if you eat something which is no good for you, it's actually going to muzzle you, it's going to damage you. Do you make a brocha? 
So he was asked this shala, and he gave an ingenious answer. He said, a bracha rishonah, the first bracha, you do make, but a bracha rishonah, you don't make. Now, why? Listen to the logic. It's brilliant. He says like this. He says, a bracha rishonah, you've got to make it on, we have that in the Gemara, the slightest piece. Let's say you have a piece of cake, and you only have a tiny crumb, you've still got to make a bracha. There's no sheer, there's no limit of, for a bracha rishonah, you've got to make it on anything. Even if you take a tiny drop, which you can only see on a magnifying glass, you've still got to make a bracha on it. Whereas a um, bracha rishonah, you only have to make if you have a certain sheer, normally a kazai for food, or a beer for drink, etc. So it says Rabbi Yashu as follows. If you have one tiny crumb of cake, a diabetic has that. It's not going to damage him. So therefore, that part is not muzzling if he has a tiny crumb. And that's what you've got to make a brocha rishina on. However, in order to make a brocha rishina, you've got to have a kazayas. If he has a kazayas of cake, he's going to do the damage. So don't make a brocha rishina. You know, that's a very clever. It's actually Rabbi Zilberstein, I think he put it in, 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 in one of his sephorim, Somebody came to him with that shala, so he asked his father-in-law, Rabbi Yashiv, and that's where Rabbi Yashiv gave that answer. I thought it was a very clever answer. Okay, let's carry on. Om Rabbi Yehuda, Om Shmuel. Says Rabbi Yehuda, the name of Shmuel, Kol brocha. Anyone who has benefit from this world without saying a brocha, ke'ilu nene mikotresh It's as if he's derived benefit from the consecrated property of Shemaim, of Hashem in heaven. Shinema, as it says in the prophet, Hashem to Hashem belongs the earth and everything in it. In other words, it belongs to Hashem, and you haven't made a bracha, it's like as if you're stealing it from Hashem, so you're near the Mikotesh Shemaim. Revlevi Romi, Revlevi contrasted two Psukim. See, it says in the prophet that we just mentioned, the whole world belongs to Hashem. Oksim, and it says, as we say in Hallel, Hashemayim Shemayim Hashem, the heaven belongs to Hashem, Lavaoretz, Nosan Libnei Odom. The earth he gave to mankind. So there seems to be a contradiction in these two Pesukim. The one posit says, Hashem Oretz the whole world, everything belongs to Hashem. And the other one says, no, only Hashemayim is Shemayim Hashem, Lavaoretz, and Nosan Libnei Odom, he gave to people. So answer the Gemara, like Hashem, it's not a contradiction. Before the bracha, everything belongs to Hashem. Once you've made the bracha, then then the earth belongs to people. In other words, once you've taken permission for, from Hashem to eat his food, then that's okay, then Hashem gives it to you, as it were. Right, let's carry on. Whoever derives benefit from this world without saying a bracha, is as if he steals from Hashem, or he also steals from Klal Yisrael. So Rashi explains, so we understand that he steals from Hashem because the food belongs to Hashem, and therefore, if you don't make a bracha, you're eating it, you, if you haven't asked permission, and therefore it's stealing from Hashem. What does it mean he steals from Knesset Yisrael, from Klav Yisrael? So the answer is like this. If you look at the second Rashi, on the second line, um, no, sorry, not look at the first line, of Knesset Yisrael, Kushet like him. When they sin, when other people sin, 
then what's going to happen is the crops will fail. And Rashi explains, the next Rashi, which we're not up to yet, in the Gomorrah, explains that if a person doesn't make a brocha, other people, and he says, well, it's not important to make a brocha, other people will copy him. And therefore, if they copy him, Hashem will punish, punish them by making sure that the crops fail. So by a person not saying a brocha, he will have a hand in the crops failing for other people. Okay? So let's have a look in the tomorrow, and then we'll go back to this second rushing. So, Omrab Khalil Bapapo, Kal Anene, Minalim Zebelai Brocha, whoever derives benefit from this world without first saying a brocha, Ilo Gazela Kondeshporoko, Knesset Israel, as if he robs Hashem, as the, the, the first, very first Rashi on the top page, Gazela Kondeshporoko, Esper Chosai, you're stealing his brocha. And you're also being Gazel. The Knesset Israel as well. Shenema, quite a posuk. Geisel of Imai, this is a posuk in Mishle, I think. Geisel of Imai, somebody who robs his father and his mother. But I'm in Pesha and says, no, it's no crime, that's fine. He is a chover, a companion to a destructive man. That's what the posuk says. And we say the ain't olive el Baruch Hu. Here, when it says his father, it is referring to Akadosh Baruch Hu. How do we know that? Because there's a pasuk in Hanzinu said, "Halahu Konecha." He is. Is he not your father, your master? And it refers to Konecha, your master, meaning Hashem. So when it says "Avicha" here, it refers to Hashem. So your guys were from Hashem. The ain't ima el And when it says. Gazel Ovid, the Imma, his mother, his mother refers to Kal Yisrael. Shenem, as it says in the Possum, Shemavani Musa Avicho. Listen, my son, to Musa Avicho, the discipline of your father, Val Titosh Tarasi And don't forsake the Torah, the instruction of your mother. And the Torah belongs to the whole of Kal Yisrael. So here we're referring to Kal Yisrael. My Chobahuda Ishmashis. So it says, if somebody steals from Hashem, all from Klavishrael. But I'm at Pesha and says, there, there's no problem in it. He's a companion of a destructive man. What does that mean? My Chobahula Ishmashris, says Rashi, says the Gemara, I'm not coming about Papa, Chobahula Yerobon ben Nevot. It means he's a companion to Yerobon ben Nevot, Shehishchis is Yisrael, Abiyam Shemeshemayim, who destroyed the relationship between Yisrael and Abiyam, their father in heaven. And it means just as Yerobon, he led Yisrael astray by making them work, uh, uh, worship idols. So, so somebody who eats without saying a, bro- a broch as well will lead others astray. Now, I draw your attention to the second line of Rashi, which is Ein Pesha. They say you don't make a broch on Ein Pesha, there's no crime, no problem with that. So Rashi says, Olafisha who make all. Since he's lenient in this and he doesn't make a bracha, Ryan Achayim will make him, and others will see, and they will learn from him. Lasses came, so the Hennes will not have a bracha. They will copy him and they say, "Well, if we make it without a bracha, I can also make it without a bracha." Velochach nikrozel mekol, and this is why this person doesn't make the bracha is called chover leish mashes. So what it means is like this. We start at the beginning. He's Gaisal Says Rashi because he doesn't make a bracha, and he's also Gaisal Klal Yisrael. 
Because if he says there's no crime in it, other people will follow him. And if they follow him, as a result, Hashem will punish them and the crops will fail. So he's like stealing from Klal Yisrael as well. Carries on. Very interesting Gemara now. Rabbi Hamina Bar-Popa, Romi. Rabbi Hamina Bar-Popa had a contradiction between two Pesukim. See, it says in the Pesuk, this is the Pesuk in O'Shea, which says, V'lokachti v'goni v'itai. I will take back my grain in its time. Hashem says, I will take back my grain. Right? My the grain belongs to me, not my grain as in headache, but my grain. And then it says in Shema, Uksiv, it says, You will gather in your grain. So this seems to be a contradiction between the two. So look, is it my grain? Is it Hashem's grain? Or is it our grain? One prophet says, my grain, Hashem is saying it, and one says, Vosaftal Zagonecho. So the Gemara, no kasha, it's not a kasha. Kam is manchi Yisrael osim rishon yishlonachem. Here in the Pesach, which says, V'osachta digonecho, starts off, what's the Pesach beforehand? V'ayam shemayat hishmu, etc., etc. So you're doing Hashem's will. That, then Hashem says, V'osachta digonecho, it's your grain, I'm giving it to you. However, Kam is manchi Yisrael osim rishon yishlonachem, but in the Pesach, which says it's mine, I'm taking it back. I'm not giving it to you. That is when Yisrael is not doing the will of Hashem. Now, since we mentioned Osafta to Gonecho, the Gemara carries on this as follows. Ton Rabbonum. Osafta to Gonecho. You will gather your grain. Now, the Pesach says as follows. Venosati Matar Arzachem, Beita Yaramach, I will bring rain. Vosafta to Gonecho, and you'll gather in your grain, with your rosh, your serecho, your oil, and your wine, etc. Why does it have to use the word Vosafta? You should gather. Why doesn't it just say you will have uh, you'll have grain, wine, and oil? Why is Vosafta? In other words, the prophet seems to be putting a stress that you should do the work of gathering it. Why? Ma'atambalana. What does this mean? The Fishanema is a Posak in Yeshua, famous Posak, La Yomosh Sefer Atara Azemi Picho. Says the book of the Torah shall never depart from your mouth. Yochel Devorim Kesavon. You might think that these Pesukim here are meant literally, La Yomosh Sefer Atara Azemi Picho, that you've got to learn Torah every waking moment, and therefore you'd be unable to earn a living. Tamalaima, therefore, the Potter says, but you shall gather your grain, in other words, you should be busy working. In other words, you should have you should combine Tyra study with earning a livelihood. And as the Mishnah says in Pekyovas, Kol Tyrash any Tyra learning that is not combined with working. Cipher for Taylor, it's no good. Hanig Bahen Minig Zerachemis. And Rashi says, why should you do this? If the Rashi is sort of about six or seven lines down, Hanig Bahen Imtevetaro, yes, certainly you should learn, but you cannot spend all the time learning. You've got to make a living as well. Minig Zerachemis, that means make a living. Why? If you are constantly relying on other people to make a living, so from the bottom is every time you won't have any time even to learn. 
because you're so busy, you're worried, you know, that you haven't got enough money to buy food, and you're busy with it, and you're going to people to try and raise the funds, you won't even, you won't have, neither will you have the time, nor will you have the inclination, because you'll be worried to do any learning at all. So the advice is, honey for hen, minid for hen, honey for hen, for hen means with the Dibre Torah, have derecheret and work as well. Very important to know that, you know, that is, and as, you, as we say, as we just said before, as a Mephurisha Mishnah, Kol Tarisha, Eid Imam Malachal, You've got to have, with learning, learning is very, very important, but you've got to have work with it. You've got to work as well. That's different Rabbi Shmuel. That's what Rabbi Shmuel said. Don't think that sort of everybody agrees with it. Okay? That Rabbi Shmuel said. Rabbi Shimon Ben says, hang on a minute. Esther, is it possible? Remember that they lived in an agricultural society. A man plows at the time of plowing. There's a rare sows at the time of sowing. But and harvest at the time of harvesting. Threshes at the time of threshing. And winnows at the time when the wind is blowing. So if he has to do all this, what will become of studying of learning Torah? In other words, the people are so preoccupied that they've constantly got to be busy in the field with their work, they'll never be able to learn. So if they can't, so what he's saying is that what Rabbi Shmuel said, he, he, there's a fundamental disagreement. Rabbi Shmuel is saying, even though it says, Tell us, you've got to have both. Rabbi Shimon ben says, no. How will you ever be able to learn if you're spending all your time doing all these things that are necessary in the field, trying to make a living, you'll never be able to learn any Torah. So in our, he says the ideal situation is that you don't combine them. So what does it mean? The Posak in Yeshua, which says, that, that you should never depart from learning, you should spend all the time learning. That is a time when Kalai Yisrael do the will of Hashem. When they do the time, when, then, then the work will be done by others. So in other words, you will be able to spend all of your time learning because since the Yisrael are acting in accordance with the will of Hashem, Hashem will make sure that your work is done by others. Shenema, as it says in the Potter, strangers will come up and shepherd your flocks. And therefore the people of Israel will be able to devote themselves exclusively to Limut HaTorah. However, but at a time when the people of Israel are not doing the will of Hashem, then then they've got to do the work themselves. You'll gather in your grain. In other words, what he's saying is, how do you how do you reconcile these two psukim? On the one hand, he says, you should always be learning. And it says, on the other hand, you've got to be busy with your work. He says, it depends. If you do the, if, if you are doing what Hashem wants of you, then your work will be done by others. So you won't have to do work and you can devote yourself exclusively to limit HaTorah. However, if you don't conduct yourself in the way that Hashem wants, 
then it's Vosafta de Gonecha. So in, in, in other words, according to him, Vosafta de Gonecha is, is a slight claw, so to say, because you're not doing the Rotsla Mokum, and therefore you will therefore have to do the work, the work yourself. But Lyard, not only that, even worse than that, not only will Kalal Yisrael have to do their own work, but they will have to do other nations' work. We'll have to serve your enemy. So there we have a fundamental difference between those on the one hand and those who devote themselves exclusively to learning. So which is the correct way? So the Gemara carries on. This is the most famous Gemara. On Abayah, says Abayah, how about Many did like what Rabbi Yishmael said, i.e. you do both. You do learning and you do working. But also the Yodam, and they were successful. And Rashi explains they were successful at both. They were successful at learning and they were successful financially. It worked. And where do we know this from? Because it says the word harabay. Many people did. In other words, for the masses, the correct way is to combine learning and working. Right? But for Yechidim, is that for Rabbi Shimon ben Yachid, but also for Yodam. While others did like what Rabbi Shimon ben Yachid said, and they devoted themselves exclusively to learning Torah and nothing else, and they were not successful. So what this Gemara seems to be saying quite clearly is that the correct way, certainly for the masses, is to combine learning and working. If the if you've got a situation that now in, in fact in in, in halacha in arachayim kuf nun uh, kuf nun vav, it explicitly says that you should work. It talks about after davening, what do you do? You go, you have breakfast, then you go to work, and it quotes the Mishnah kol malacha It actually quotes it in Shulchan Aruch. So what, but what the, and the Bi'alacha talks about it, it says, if a person is absolutely exceptional and he's training to be, become a rab or become a dine or whatever it is, they're always exceptional situations. Or if he's got a situation where he has no, somebody supporting him, he has no financial problems at all. Okay, that's one thing. But for the average person, we see from this Gemara, the correct way is Torah and Zerachereth. You do both. You, you must learn Torah and you must, and you must work. And now the Gemara brings a little story to prove it. Omalahu Rav the Rabbonon. Rav said to the Rabbonon, the Motusam in I beg of you, the Yarmenesin of Yarmetishri, during the days of Nisham and the days of Tishri, light is Hazud Kamoy. Do not come before me. And the Rashi explains why, what is Nisan and Tishri. The, the grain is harvested during the sun, and grapes and olives are pressed during Tishri. So that is your main season. There's a lot of businesses that have specific seasons. Right? And therefore, since those are your main seasons, don't you, you make sure that you work. And then you work, you'll have enough panos that you earn in those in this and in the Tishri to keep you going for the rest of the year. So he says, don't come to me. Don't come to the base of Medrash to listen to my Shurim. It's more important that, that during those two months of listening to Tishri, you work in order to earn a living, and then you can come to the other months, you can come and learn from me. 
You should work during Nisan and Tishri that you won't be preoccupied with making a living for the entire year. Because if you miss that Nisan and Tishri, which is your main season, you're going to have problems and you'll have to be working the whole year really hard to make up for sort of missing out the main season, as it were. Let's just go just one little bit more. Come and see that the later generations are like, unlike the earlier generations. In other words, in other words, what's happened here? In other words, the level of Hasidus, the piety, has declined. You know, we always say so and so is old school. Old school, you know, that, that counts for something. And here as well, that the Zoros are shining, the old Zoros, they used to be much more pious than the new generation. Why? Which way? Zoros are shining, also Torah and Keva Malachan Arai. Now, the Zoros are shining, the previous generation, they did also, they learned Torah and they worked, as we, as we just said. But the point was, it depends on where you stress the importance. So they made their Torah learning was their main occupation, not main occupation in the sense that they spent more hours, but they gave the Hashivah the importance of it, and the work was only secondary. In other words, the work was, yes, I had to work because I had to make a living, but their sort of main thing, the focus of their minds depended, was, was in their learning. That was a recipe for success, because both their Torah knowledge and their financial means remained with them. They had both. The later generation, they're always on the phone doing this business deal or that business deal. And if I've got a little bit of time when I come home, okay, I'll learn a bit. In other words, the work was much more important than their learning. Neither, neither financial means nor the Torah knowledge remains with them. All right, I think that's where we'll leave it tonight. Just, just right. But uh, it, it, it's an absolutely fascinating Gemara. So if anyone wants to tell you that that Torah and Zara Heret uh, does not apply nowadays, you only have to quote this Gemara where you see Harabe also Rabbi but also Biyodah. The masses they did like Rabbi Shmuel and they succeeded with it. And only, it's only for individuals to sort of make Tarasa and Nosson, as they say. Okay, have a very good two of you. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Uh, it was a party political broadcast, I think, was it? <laughs> well, yeah, no, but it's, it, you know, if the Mishnah says, Kol Tarish ain't Imam Malach of Sofa Potato, the Chazal knew what they were talking about. And these were, because remember, a lot of the Tamoyim, you know, you say Rabbi Yochanan Hassandla. Rabbi Yochanan was a, a, a shoemaker. And another one was a smith. You know, they worked. Even the Hobbit's Chaim had a shop. It's only when he saw that too many people were coming to the shop because, and, and were not going to other shops that he either closed or he got his wife to take it over. But this idea of, of, of full-time learning is only for very, very few individuals. Ugh. <laughs>